0: My name is Dwayne Default and welcome to Selling SaaS, a daily podcast that's built to get you quick hits of the best advice from the top experts for go-to-market strategies, sales, and product-led growth. Now let's get into today's episode. Hey everybody, my name is Dwayne Default, and I own a business called Selling SaaS. And we focus on helping B2B SaaS companies scale into the 20 to 30 and $50 million ranges by helping them go from product-led growth into sales-led growth by implementing systems and strategies and processes that help them sell upstream. But in order to do that, which is what I wanna talk about on today's episode, is some of the challenges or myths or things that we read or hear about on social media, in books, and get discouraged and think that it's not for us or things that we can't do because of these things. And unfortunately, a lot of the stuff that's written on social media isn't really applicable to your specific business. And so a lot of businesses that we work with are B2B businesses that serve the service industry. So blue collar, think construction, plumbing, electrical, a business that is out in the world doing business face-to-face. It's not so much a tech business. It's not selling tech to tech. And so a true B2B business, not B2B, to be like you have with CRMs and meeting links and that type of stuff. They are selling direct to other businesses. And so when we're talking about product-led growth and you know going upstream and selling into bigger customers, you really have to understand the mechanisms and things that have to happen in order for that to be true. So yes, if you have built a company or built a business based on product-led growth, it's a 90% chance, 99% chance of you really focusing on SME, small end of the market, where maybe your monthly MRR is 40 to $50 or maybe even up to $1,000 in ARR, and you've got a process to where you can market to them, onboard them, they get into a trial, they convert and become a paying customer. Awesome. That is true product-led growth. But the problem is when you go from that SMB product-led growth mindset into larger markets or selling upstream or selling into bigger segments, the problem is you either believe you have to instantly jump into outbound, uh, which is most people's definition of sales-led, and you have to go into these giant customers, you have to make this leap, from SMB all the way up to enterprise. And you have this belief that if you have trials coming in, if you have product-led growth leads, that you should not touch them until they become a customer. But here's the myth about all of that. Some of the most uh, famous or well-written or most read books on product-led growth, they're not wrong, but they're not for specific types of businesses. So most product-led growth strategists are one, they're from product or engineering people. So they don't really have that sales and go-to-market mindset. Two, they're much more focused on optimizing that complete hands-off, self-serve uh, customer acquisition process. And three, they have their process dialed in. They know exactly who they need to be talking to, when they need to engage with them, and how they need to engage with them. If you're early on when it comes to scaling your business, and you started with product-led growth, you you have to do what I'm about to tell you for a couple of years until you can get to that ultimate version of product-led growth, where you don't talk to them until they either A, hit a certain threshold of usage within the trial, or B, become a customer. But even when they're a customer, they have to be a certain size customer for you to interact with them. So for example, think about when you started up a Slack account. You never talked to anybody from Slack. Right. Even if you were a 50-person company, when you filled out your form, you didn't really talk to anybody until you became a paying customer. You used it for free for years until you hit a certain threshold and all of a sudden you get a phone call from one of their reps. That's what we're talking about. Is That mindset is built for super SMB or VSB customers or when you're selling into that customer segment where your average sales price is like 9 or $10 a month. That's when you can get away with having that 100% fully optimized, fully self-serve trial experience for your customer onboarding. What I'm talking about is when you go from that SMB mindset into the very next customer segment and try to implement a sales-led process. So here's the problem though. There isn't a good definition of what sales assist looks like. Every time someone hears the term sales-led, they instantly think cold outbound. Oh my gosh, I have to figure out how to dial a phone. I've got to get a bunch of SDRs, BDRs. I got to call all these lists. I got to download all these things. And they just get overwhelmed and instantly revert back into the the safety of their self-serve environment and go back into PLG and run away from anything sales related. I don't know how many founders or business leaders I've talked to that think that sales is a necessary evil or that since they've got a product-led growth engine, they don't need sales or even the thought of sales makes them cringe, but they still want to go upstream. They still want to sell into larger businesses. So in order to do that, you have to have a transition into the higher end of sales. And so you have to have that middle ground of sales assist. And so how do you do that? How do you go from selling very small businesses? So VSBs, think of like a monthly contract of 10 to $15 a month into even a $100 a month or $200 a month, and then up to a $1,000 a month contract. I know software companies that run a product-led growth strategy that have a minimum $1,000 a month contract, and you don't get a salesperson. I'm not kidding. That's how dialed in they have these things. Could they potentially sell more if they did? Probably. But... Going from the very small business, full self-service process into selling into higher price deals or higher ROI, you have to understand who you're selling to. So you've got to figure out what is your marketing qualified lead? How does it match up to your ideal customer profile? So you've really got to do the work to figure out who is the best type of customer you need to be selling into. And you do that by digging into your existing customer book, just like I said in one of my last episodes, all about segmentation. The reason why you want to do that is you have to understand how to measure your inbound trial leads or even your asset download leads on your website because you need to optimize your sales approach based on who's potentially going to be the highest ROI when you reach out to them. And so the best way to do that is just to measure the information they give you on a form based on how you charge them. So if you charge people based on the number of seats or users in the system, you want to make sure you capture that information on the form. If you measure it by a number of invoices created or a number of minutes recorded or videos uploaded, that needs to be on your very first form. In fact, almost, every single form you have, that information needs to be on there. That's probably one of the most important pieces of information that you need to have on these forms because that's gonna dictate how your sales team approaches that lead. So again, you need to understand how you charge your customers and then putting that on a form so you can measure the potential ROI of the leads coming in. So let's just distill it down even further than that. Let's measure the potential ROI of your MQLs. So ROI, return on investment, MQL, marketing qualified lead, ICP is ideal customer profile. So if we want to know that information and how to measure it, you have your definition of the ICP, but then you need to understand the potential ROI of the people that match that. So you need to measure the tiers of your MQL. Basically, what is it? potential ROI of the different people submitting that form. So you have your MQL tier one, MQL tier two, and then tier three. Tier one are going to be your highest potential ROI leads that come in. Tier two is the middle ground. Tier three is going to be your very small businesses, your SMB type of businesses that you get most commonly up to that point, which is the full self-serve product like growth. Okay. So when you get those leads that match that tier one and tier two, those are the people that your sales team reach out instantly. Not when they they finish their trial or you know when they you know start using it and all that stuff and start activating no 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 especially when a tier one highest potential ROI lead comes in through a trial you call them right away you need to have your sales team or whoever is doing that approach them call them connect with them figure out run an actual sales process do a discovery call open up an opportunity give them a demo help them through the rest of the trial so they have a much higher likelihood of converting now if you want to get technical you can have the tier two mq make sure you can wait until they hit a certain threshold or activation, and then you call them. But when you're approaching upstream higher ROI deals or higher ROI leads in your product-led growth funnel, you want to make sure you hit your highest ROI potential clients or, or leads right away. Because here, here's a fun fact that's really annoying. Uh, Mark Robert, one of the original founders of HubSpot, wrote a book called Sales Acceleration Formula. And in there, he talked about how high usage activation and PQL measurement was actually a lagging indicator of conversion for enterprise accounts. And that holds true. Every company that I've consulted with, worked out as a W-2 employee, or been a part of it in any way, that has held true. So when you have a tier one, T1, T1 in QL, start the trial. Remember, T1 is the highest potential ROI. This is why you need to get on them as soon as possible because nine times out of 10, it is not the decision maker in the trial. It is the influencer or the gatekeeper that has been tasked with the responsibility to go and figure out if this is going to be a good fit. So you know what they're doing? They're finding all the things that are broken. They're finding all the reasons why it's not going to be a good fit, which is why you have such a low conversion throughout your trial experience in your highest potential ROI trials. Hopefully that makes sense. So again, when you get those high ROI, those tier one, those T1 MQLs into your trial, that should be top priority for your sales team to call and reach out to because you want to guide their experience in the trial. So they're not just fumbling around trying to figure out what's broken. So again, T1 MQLs in your trial, 100% focus, that needs to happen. But here's where that conflicts with just about every other trial through product-led growth, guru, advisor, author, book writer, whatever you want to call them. By definition, with product-led growth, you're not supposed to reach out to that lead until they've made it all the way through the trial funnel and paid their first invoice. And then boom, you go into onboarding, you go to land and expand, you sell them a whole bunch of time, you add the seats, all the features. Ah, looks great. You know, your expansion revenue looks amazing. But that's a fundamental error in the go-to-market strategy. Product-led Growth strategies were designed by product people, not sales and go to marketing. It is baffling from a sales perspective that we see quality fit leads enter our funnel and we wait. That is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in business. So, if you want a quick way to have a gigantic boost in your revenue, in your customer acquisition, in your running product led growth of any kind, stop waiting for your T1 MQLs to activate and become a TQL. You need to guide the conversation. If you want to win more, if you want to move upstream and get more revenue per account, when those types of leads hit your funnel right away. You dial the phone, email them, text them, you get them on the phone within the first 72 hours and the chances of them um, converting are two to three times higher than if you just let them sit. So remember that. One, you need to measure your your ROI on your MQLs and making sure you understand who fits the criteria for your top level highest priority ROI, um, the highest ROI potential for your MQLs. Those should be your number one priority. Two, don't wait for them to come all with your funnel and try to self convert, call them right away. And then number three, when you're really, when you're making that leap from product led into sales assist and then sales led, I mentioned this on the previous show, you have to learn how those T1 and QLs use the product, what they find, what they prioritize, what problems are solving, because that is going to lead into outbound if you ever choose to do that. So I hope that today's episode today's conversation was helpful kind of helps break through that that barrier of going from product led to sales led and understand there are multiple steps that you have to jump through before just putting an outbound team or cold calling team team together. In order to go from true self-serve product-led growth into sales-led, you have to understand what the sales assist environment looks like, be able to execute on that, optimize, and then go outbound. So if today's episode helped you out, you got any value from it, please share, like, and leave us a review. Oddly enough, it does help us. I appreciate you. And I'll see you in the next one. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Selling SaaS Podcast. And if you got value from today, please leave a review on your favorite podcast platform.